tool for the exchange is holistic digital transformation. And when we say that, that might be a buzzword, but it means different things to different people. But ultimately, the, the reason why I'm emphatic on that is that I'm trying to explain the differentiators that you find when you're looking at digital transformation. So I'm looking at it from a business to business lens now. So welcome to episode 22 of the Experience Pod. The title of this episode is Redefining Exchange with NGX. My name is Nabiodon and I'll be your host. Our guest today is Dr. Olufemi Oyenuga, the Chief Digital Officer of the Nigerian Exchange Group. The Experience is a podcast that discusses the adoption and utilization of relevant emerging technologies and trends for impact-oriented professionals, researchers, organizations, developers, and students who demand realistic and thought-provoking perspectives on opportunities and challenges presented by this phenomenon in our unique environment. The NSE transitioning into the NGX group in 2021 was a case of a company limited by guarantee becoming a public company limited by shares. Opening its doors to the public hoped to help transform NGX to a profit-oriented business that will put accountability, corporate governance, and commitments to the interest of diverse individuals and institutional investors first. So as a multi-asset exchange, NGX recognizes opportunities in the alternative investment asset space. The exchange facilitated over 7 trillion naira worth of capital raises across several asset classes for both public and private operations in 2021. In addition, NGX has reportedly received approval to launch its exchange-traded derivatives segments with the rollout of seven derivative products. To give us insights to this conversation, we are joined today by Dr. Olufemi Oyenuga, a technology strategist and a data analyst with over 25 years experience in delivering value across organizations and now the chief digital officer of NGX. Welcome, Dr. Femi. We are really excited to have you with us. Thank you very much. Fantastic to be here as well. Thanks to the extended team in PwC. Thank you. Yeah, th thank you so much for honoring our invitation. So let's start with some background background information for those who may not be familiar with you. Uh, Dr. Femi, could you please tell us a bit about your transition from medicine to technology and strategy, and as well as your journey to the NGX, and, and what's your vision for the Nigerian stock exchange market in general? Thank you very much. Uh, that's a very interesting question. Um, I think sometimes when I've sat in some communication or conferences or some, you know, innovative meetings where people say, how did you transition from human medical sciences into a capital market? I, I've got two answers to that. One is it just happened. The other one is it is intentional. It just happened because I find out that when you look at the career paradigm, you have to continuously improve yourself and the human endeavor towards continuous improvement has no limit. So some of the things that gets my own passion is how do I solve problems, you know, by taking territories. And that has kind of galvanized me into having a medical degree, engineering degree, an IT degree, and then management. 
that in, in a nutshell to uh, telecoms, where I worked in MTN, took me into banking, where I was a CDO for Microfinance Bank, and took me into the technology space, where I was chief architect for Oracle in Africa, and many other interesting facets around data analytics. So I'm a data scientist as well, business intelligence, and the combination of that has helped me to unlock potentials in the money market and also the capital market and the opportunity that I've seen coming into the uh, Nigerian exchange. So the exchange is a quite interesting role because it's an account receivable role. Um, So the CDO role for the exchange is holistic digital transformation. And when we say that, that might be a buzzword, but it means different things to different people. But ultimately, the the reason why I'm emphatic on that is that I'm trying to explain the differentiators that you find when you're looking at digital transformation. So I'm looking at it from a business-to-business lens now, not a business-to-consumer lens. So I've done a lot of work in that in the last five to six uh, years. But business-to-business, you're quite limited in what you can do, but through technology collaborations with fintech startups, SMEs, and also with different fund management in the tech space. You can actually transform a big engine like the capital market into a fully digitized ecosystem. Ultimately, the, the goal is to create market infrastructure for the organization called Nigeria as a community. And that was typified from the last primary of we just did with MTN, where within the confines of your comfort, you can buy shares. So the brokerage system has been automated. The opportunity to reach out to consumers within the capital ecosystem is being automated with market infrastructure. And then the end-to-end things around different asset classes, equities, fixed incomes, and derivatives, some of the packages within this this, uh, transformation. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much, so Femi. And I like I like the parts where you talked about being intentional, you know, around some of the decisions that you have made, and we're really proud about what you have achieved so far, uh, personally, and also at the NGX. I mean, you spoke about the the new business model and how the the drive is to have a holistic digital transformation strategy implemented. So that brings me to talk about your new business model at the Nigerian Stock Exchange. Uh, um, since you started this new business model, how has it impacted your performance so far? Have you seen any gains in line with the new vision for the market? Thank you very much. I mean, that is a brilliant question. If you look at it, for the new business model to scale, we have to look at it from the lens of disruption and innovation. And I'd say even my sojourn or my vintage around uh, the exchange is six months, I've seen some gains. So what are the gains that I've seen? Number one is to communicate to the ecosystem that we're doing things differently uh, with technology. And so the first thing we did was to do a technovation conference where I brought in the big names within the local fintech and technology space, the likes of the Flutter Waves, like to pay stack, and then also brought in the regulators as well into the conference. So we have the executive commissioner and all that. And then bringing in the market ecosystem, you know, buyers and sellers of capital 
be it the equity space, be it in the fixed access space, but then again, also bringing in the millennials as well into a room where we had a two hours conference to see how technology uplifts the digital journey. That's one model. The other thing is also to in, be intentional about advocacy uh, with the regulators, which is security and exchange commissions. And that in a way is also brilliant um, because what that has done is to position the exchange in close collaboration with things around products, services that the country will benefit from. You, you, you did mention derivative. I mean, it'd be good to expand in, in that as well. That is like a billionaire or revenue opportunity, but it's actually a, a step in the right direction for a maturing market like Nigeria. Also, the digital model is also created a technology board and the technology board is a bit different from the normal traditional board where some of the end barriers to entry has actually been watered down a bit, not from a perspective of compliance or, 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 or irresponsible rules, but from a perspective of onboarding technology companies and technology startups onto the exchange so that we can raise capital locally. And the third one that the model is also bringing is also considering the millennials. I mean, arguably, we have different numbers that we're bantering around, but I think we have about 75 to 80 million millennials in Nigeria within three different categories, lifestyle, tech startup, and also within the sporting industry. Lifestyle, I agree with music, Hollywood, Nollywood, and the general heart industry. So things like using digital technology for heart tokenization, things around dual listing, where ultimately, if you actually have a dollarized account, you can actually trade on an exchange. And the fourth part of this digital model is integration and collaboration within the confines of a world exchange to trade or to do businesses with other foreign exchange. So collaboration with things around the FTSE, collaboration with Johannesburg Stock Exchange, Philippine Exchange, Ghana, and things like that. And the last one before I, uh, I close is uh, things around sponsored access as well, which creates infrastructure for around pensions fund regulated by PFAs so that there can be volumetric and also positive value-driven fund management within the pension ecosystem. So those are some of the gains that um, I've driven in the past six months that I've started with this new digital transformation model. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Femi, for that elaborate comment around what you have achieved so far, gains that you have seen since you transformed your, your business model. And it's also exciting to see you know, what you have achieved during the pandemic, especially in a period where a lot of businesses had to shut down. There were lockdowns, you know, all over the world. But we see the NGX continue to um, drive their commitments towards ensuring a smooth operation. I mean, this would have been possible with leveraging technology, which some of them you have already touched on. And uh, we see globally all around the world, we see stock exchange markets are embracing emerging technology like blockchain, 
to drive faster and more secure transactions. You've talked about some of this, but I mean, what, what specific technologies, especially the emerging technologies, have you employed to ensure smooth operations during this last uh, couple of, of months and the last year where the pandemic has been a, a big issue for us? Great question as well, again. So the technology will continue to emerge. And in the exchange, what we've done successfully is to trade virtually, digitally, in the past two years without any physical trading on the trading floor. So things like collaborative technology that are actually digital in nature, content technology that cloud-based within the ecosystem of emerging technology, we've used that successfully to close the market, open the market, and also raise those numbers that you mentioned during your intro. So that's one. Those are internal efficiency. So you probably won't find anybody or any brocade uh, entity physically on the trading floor. Do we miss human contact? I think we do. But have we shown that we can scale in COVID with digital technology? I think we've proven that. Number two is we actually employ blockchain technology as well to do what we call an art exchange program. And the art exchange program is actually to enlist capital assets at what they are at in nature um, onto um, the stock exchange where you can use tokenized methodology or tokenization to actually trade those art capital within that technology foray. The other one that we're also looking at, but not completed yet, is the real estate management as well where we're also using blockchain with the digital distribution technology to actually see how we can create both non-active and active efficiencies using the blockchain. We're not going into crypto yet because there are regulatory <laughs> components around crypto, but I think it's not when. It's not a question of when. It's a question of how. Because I think when is already the answer because it's happening in Nigeria at the moment. I think the other technology we've adopted as well is in data. So within the ecosystem of what you see Bloomberg doing is playing around indexation, index market around calculation of the benchmark for the indices for the trading exchanges and using things like analytics, cloud analytics, using things around machine learning and digital analytics to actually generate indexes that one can now use you know, to woo or to drive relationship within the secondary market. So the last one in terms of technology that we also used is actually creating an app as well within the exchange to connect with our ecosystem. So we have things like the X Mobile. So we normally christen our applications with the X nomenclature within the exchange. So X Mobile and things like that. So those are some of the, and those are both online-based digital technology. So we're, we're actually gradually evolving into what uh, we should be in a digital world where ultimately trading can be done ubiquitously and in integration with third-party ecosystems like Robinhood and things like that. So those directions are the mobile integration technology that uh, we're, we're looking at expanding. So, so generally, those are some of the technology we've used in the exchange. But ultimately, we have a data center, and the plan 
is to actually transform that data center fully into the cloud so that you have all the organization of software as a service, data as a service, uh, platform as a service, and infrastructure as a service uh, delivered through that cloudified data center to our brokerage ecosystem or our dealer market com sponsor community. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's really exciting to hear how you have um, been able to leverage technology to ensure that your that there is minimal or zero disruption to your to your business. And I mean, you, you talked about having a, a data center. I wanted to ask if you are seeing any use cases for technologies like virtual or augmented reality, given the vast amount of data that uh, you are exposed to at the exchange. Uh, we've seen uh, promising use cases of uh, virtual and augmented reality where people can combine several screens, layer data on top of each other, and be able to get more insights and take decisions based on that. Do you see any use cases for that now or in the future? So if I think I even see a use case for that even before the exchange, because that tips back to who my own DNA as a digital, and because I've been in business intelligence, either building warehouses across Europe or Nigeria, or you know working with data. So I see that as a spot on opportunity for now and the future. Uh, so what we've done in the interim is to put together an holistic data strategy that would kind of talk to that problem. So what are we trying to solve for? We're trying to solve for virtual and uh, augmented reality around the capital market. But who are we before we even solve for that problem? What we are is that we generate a lot of transactional data from a trading engine, but we also have ancillary associated data from the brokerage clearing house. And we also know that as statistical data from the external data contribution from Bureau of Statistics, Pencom, Exeteriat, the amalgamation of those three layers of data arrange in a cloudified form for efficiency, agile or scrum delivery that will help us now build those use cases. I don't think we have a use case yet that we have asset tested for the capital market. But in the red tech space within the capital market, um, there are use cases that we're looking at as well. Um, so things around how the regulatory function, because the exchange is an SRO, is a self-regulatory organization, how the red tech space enable us to unleash the sandbox with our brokers, and that enables to really galvanize data to take decisions on the fly for that entire market. But I'll be, I'll be actually interested in even collaborate more with PwC to get use cases around um, the capital market. And the reason for that non-holistic view initially in the exchange is based on two focus. Number one is that if you look at most exchanges around the world now that we're trying to benchmark ourselves with, they created the technology vertical outside of the main exchange function. So you have F10 in Switzerland, you have uh, FTSE in the UK, you have NASDAQ in the US and things like that. At some point, the evolution of the digital transformation of the exchange will get there as well. But we are now inward looking. My, my own strategic pivot is always to be outward looking so that you can create that distribution network of how we can use data to solve problems. And augmented reality is one of the things that we're looking at.
Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Femi. You spoke briefly about the NGX Technovation event that happened in September 2021. That was an event that will follow closely. And uh, I mean, we understand the focus was on innovation, business models, platforms, emerging markets, data and regulation. I mean, could you share with us a bit of learning from that event? Uh, what, what were the takeaways for you as a chief digital officer? And how do you see this impacting the future of the NGX? Thank you very much. I think that question really, really positions the discussion we're having so far. So I did mention when we started this discussion that we're trying to do things differently. And one of the ways you do things differently is via communication. So some of the learnings from Technovation is actually project digital communication as an asset that the exchange is trying to uh, present to the world, that we're doing things differently. Secondly, is also to help drive the issue around credibility of some of our stakeholders as well, in terms of using technology platformization and digitization for the direction going forward. I mean, sometimes when I'm in international conferences, I remember back in the days in San Francisco or maybe in Barcelona and Spain, and they would talk about 5G, how the expansion of data will talk to the five veracity of, of data DNA. All that is now coming to fruition in 2022, where we're not only generating enough data to take the decision on the fly. We're also having stream data with higher latency to really get to the cross of decision-making. Those are some of the things we want technology vision to do. And the learning of that is also to help build partnership ecosystem. And the reason why I'm saying this is that there's a funding side of um, the capital market, either it's equities, fixed asset, or other alternative asset class. There's a regulatory side of the capital market as well. And both sides have to be responsible to serve a willing, traditional, millennia, and a transformational, you know, buy side and sell side of the capital market. Now, what Technovision has done is, is brought a lot of information out in the payment uh, side of things, funding side of things, and also how we do a differentiated business model to the tech ecosystem. So now we're trying to now onboard technology company to the capital market. These are some of the things that Technovision has given us as well. To say, okay, can we actually raise this capital in country? I think we can. Are we worried about dollar fluctuation? We're not, because if, if we are doing things like dual listing and on, on the capital market, it means that even a flutter wave that is listed in um, the uh, New York Stock Exchange can also list locally here. An interest that is listed in London Stock Exchange can also list. So those are some of the things that Technovation has brought into full and has elevated the optics of the discussion. So last question, what are we trying to do? So Technovation has come to stay. is actually a forerunner to the capital market conference that we did in Abuja in December. So we did a capital market conference in Abuja where we want to own that space to underline the power or the currency of that uh, capital market with technovation. 
And that is sending more of a competitive and a collaborative signal to the other players within the capital market. So the likes of FMDQ, we can actually collaborate on some things that is going to come in the future. Are they competitors? Yes. But they are in the fixed income, you know, OTC space. Can we do some other things together that will kind of uplift Nigeria? Yes, we can. That's a collaboration with Ghana Stock Exchange as a result of Technovation. That's a collaboration with uh, FTSE as well as a result of this Technovation in data space. So a lot of moving parts, but ultimately Technovation will be a September or August uh, yearly event. And we seek to address the gaps in the capital market, but also to embrace uh, the knowledge that uh, the ecosystem of Nigeria can share. Some of the things we're trying to do is actually to create an ex-academy or ex-evangelist for the millennials. We have to talk to the aspiration of Nigerian millennials and Technovation will allow us through partnership with fintechs and other ecosystems to get to the promised land. Uh, thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. We would, we would watch that space and see the kind of impacts that Technovation would bring around in the near future. So speaking about trends, emerging trends, I mean, mega trends uh, is, are changing the way businesses are taking decisions nowadays. Um, you spoke earlier about the millennial population in Nigeria that is about uh, between 75 to 80 million. We're also seeing this, some of those trends here in Nigeria. So, for example, about 400,000 young people in Nigeria are engaging in financial trading using platforms like Bamboo and RiceVest. Um, what plan does NGX have to integrate technology to penetrate the teeming young population of Nigeria and Africa? Thank you very much. So, in fact, you gladden my heart with this question that you've, answered, or you've asked. So, um, technology is the melting pot for the between the old and the new. And when we say what plans you have to actually ensure that the emerging teeming population of Nigeria, youth population, is addressed, is actually number one using technology to understand the personas of this um, segment. Uh, even if we know that we have an active millennia, you know, population. One of the things we're trying to do with technology is integration using API. And using API with our collaboration with fintechs, uh, where we can really listen to this teeming new segments and develop products and services that talk to their aspiration. So, for example... Traditional trading, as you would notice, actually happens between 9.30 and 2.30. Well, yeah. that is traditional. In a new millennial ecosystem, those guys don't sleep. They're actually trading overnight. Yeah. So we're trying to get the hub in the finished product in the hands of such ecosystem that can continuously integrate with trading at any point in time. We mentioned crypto. I'm going to stay clear of that because, you see, it's a very touchy subject. But it's a subject as this millennia or this uh, technology as well. Um, that's on the platform side. On the other side of is data. We're trying to see how we use technology to monetize data for three things. One, increase awareness and education around investment most especially in the capital market, either primary market, secondary market, or even derivatives. 
Number two is to create credibility for organizations that will come for valuation in our market. Because if you look at the market today, it's always been, oh, can I actually get proper valuation of my company in Nigeria? A yes or no answer, true or false answer, but when with data, you can actually dimension a conclusion to a logical reason. And the third one is why we are all in business. It's actually make revenue and create revenue in a very responsible way that everyone would benefit from the buy side and the sell side of, uh, of the interplay. I was fortunate to so visit Calverton at some point, you know, during the year. And the Calverton is actually listed on a stock exchange. But we've not made a lot of noise around Calverton having even a simulator engine in Nigeria where they're training pilots. Amazing. Where there's a maintenance and repair state of the heart, heart you know, fantastic, classy maintenance and repair shop at, in Nigeria where they're even repairing fleets for other countries as well, where they're training pilots and things like that. So those are some of the things that data would actually help us elevate. And then we can actually make revenue from the different products and services that will create through an information catalog. So I think I've kind of just touched it gradually on the surface level, but that's the direction we are going and to address some of this digital initiative with technology and as we go into the future. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, thank you so much. And I mean, one that's one of the reasons why we're having the Express podcast to be able to showcase some of these interesting examples of how companies are leveraging technology. Like, for example, what you talk about Carverton. I mean, that's yes. interesting. To know that or, or the one with MTN. Stuff. Or the one yes. with MTN as well, where <laughs> there is an XPO uh, portal where the, even within the confines of this discussion, you can actually buy and trade share. Buy because as a primary offering in market infrastructure. And that will also go into things around, uh, you know, involve things around the secondary market as well. So mm. once you've now gotten the asset, if you want to now trade it in the secondary market as an infrastructure for that, making the entire digitization of the capital market B2B the goal that we're driving at in the Nigerian exchange. Mm. Okay, thank you. Thank you for, for, for that. So speaking about trends in, in products, I mean, we're not, we're not going to ask you about crypto, <laughs> but we're going to speak about your derivative contracts uh, with seven derivative contracts, including three bank futures, two index futures, uh, Dangote and MTN futures being launched over the last few years. I mean, what other products can we expect in the future? Or is there any other product you are currently working on that you want to share with us? So the derivative market, it's pretty much new. We just landed it. You're right with all those products and the index features that is on it. Uh, one of the things I would say about the derivative space is to watch this space. It would evolve in time. So what we've done with the derivative business is, number one, to get the infrastructure in place, to get the product portfolio in place, and to get a use case of success. So I'd say we are actually in the early stage now. When there's a big bank, you know, publication or announcement in uh, the market where there's actually a global launch, uh, some additional product that we're working on would be revealed. But before that time, let us keep lead on that so that we don't uh, 
give out our trade secrets <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> you knew yeah. I was going there anyway. That's, that's fine. That's fine. I think another question I would like to ask you is around your vision for Nigeria and for Africa. I, I know your vision is to be Africa's premier market infrastructure and um, you've leveraged technology to be able to, you know, take you on that path that you want to get to. So my question would be, how does NGX plan on expanding into the broader continent to elevate the group to Africa's preferred exchange op? We know that uh, you have services such as uh, market data solutions, ancillary technology services. Are these geared towards helping you to expand into Africa and become the premier market infrastructure for Africa? Absolutely. You see, Nigeria is in a vantage position um, for three reasons. Not only is it the largest economy in Africa, and sometimes I think they're even undervalued, but that's a different discussion. Not only because we have the population, but we also we have the passion and tenacity. So the exchange is currently within a program that is called African Exchange AELP. It's a program for all African exchanges where they'll be trading cross-country at the moment. And I think it would evolve into cross-continent. Now, we have a voice and a seat at the table. Sometimes you have a voice and you don't have a seat, but we have both at the table where we're now trying to see how can people trade within this African exchange you know, program. That's number one. Number two is the expansion of even our technology as a service across Africa. So you'll find out that some... Some ecosystem within the capital market don't even need, need a trading engine. So we're positioning our trading engine so that it can be a master-slave kind of architecture where we can actually sell some of those technology and scenarios to some other countries that may not be able to afford the big wallet to, to pay for technology services. And thirdly, is to galvanize the millennia ecosystem that I was referring to within the ex-academy to actually be ambassadors across Africa, sharing knowledge and delivering content, but paid, you know, ancillary products to other exchanges and all, all other larger, you know, participants within the ecosystem of uh, the capital market. So a lot is going to happen. I think because we're in an election year, you also want to gauge the barometer of your strategy towards what's happening within the election year. But things will pick up gradually. But definitely, we want to be the uh, stock made out of Africa. And we are very intentional and deliberate about it. Why am I saying these three things? We are, we are positioned our technology to be digital technology. That's number one. Number two, we have positioned data and data monetization to get us to the promised land. Number three, we have positioned customer centricity in the middle of this strategic discussion as well. And the fourth thing, we position people and culture to help us get to this stock made out of Africa. So really and truly, there might even be some exchanges between, you know, the, the Nigerian exchange, uh, stock exchange, and some other exchanges. I was having a discussion with Floto CEO at some point as well today that maybe, you know, a collaboration between a $3 billion, you know, dollar valued company 
and the exchange can bat all that imperative that we've not even looked at at the moment. And, 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 and those are some of the things we're looking at. So yes, there's a bigger view to expand the exchange into a, 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 a profusely ubiquitous exchange center of excellence for capital market and other imperatives in the near future. Thank you so much for providing that insight into your vision for Nigeria and outside the shores of Nigeria to extend to Africa. Lastly, on emerging trends, I mean, a hot topic right now is on sustainability. And we're seeing organizations and companies thinking about how their activities today would impact on the future. And the exchange is not left out, out of this trend. So we have seen the Johannesburg exchange asking listed companies to disclose published reports with ESG content. The Moscow Exchange created two sustainability indices in 2019. In, in Canada, there is a footprint around environmentally certified stocks. So there's a lot of development going on in the sustainability mm -hmm. space. Um, yes. So the question is, what initiative is NGX coming to drive sustainability around your operations and to be able to carry these relevant stakeholders, tech stakeholders. Thank you very much. Some of the things I've been, I've been discussing since we started this uh, interesting podcast, by the way, because I'm enjoying the flow as well, is the fact that we are very, it's not lost on us, the concept of sustainability. So if you look at what we've even done in the exchange, we have a growth board where we have created green bonds as products, indices for towards sustainability. We're also doing things around Sukuk as well. Those two products or index, some of our internal move towards sustainability. But over and above that, sustainability is a, is, is a strategic goal that is currently being discussed as the visibility of the board. And there will be some implementation that we will see going forward in 2022. And even when you even look at technology as well, we're even creating, you know, a transformational or transitional exchange of technology towards those sustainability imperative as well. So in, in Oxia, the exchange is an organization that is also moving with the trend. And it's not lost on us to actually either copy what other people have done and have succeeded on, or to create our own sustainability path and working with people or organizations such as yourself, PwC, and all the important and interesting organizations, we can learn the sustainability KPI that we've been measuring since last year. So some of the things about around sustainability is quite very high up in management and even to our board, and we're doing everything to ensure that this we're not left out on the journey. Yeah. Thank you. All right, thank you, Dr. Femi. So I think that brings, brings me to the end of uh, questions around emerging technology and trends and how the NGX has been able to leverage on these technologies to advance and move towards your vision that you have for Nigeria and for Africa. As well. okay. So speaking about predictions, what was the last prediction you got wrong? And let me make a, a quick a little twist to this. Would you be able to predict whether the NGX will trade uh, cryptos in the future? Yes. The answer is yes. I, I said that, you know, because I know that crypto is a product and a solution riding on the blockchain imperative. Yeah. And 
initially the blockchain was a solution looking for a problem. Now, the blockchain has now become a problem looking for a solution. And crypto is part of the derivatives of that solution. So it's going to happen. And if you look at some countries, they've actually intentionally adopted crypto yeah. as you know a currency in a way. So it's just a matter of time. So yes, <laughs> that's my prediction. Okay. okay. We'll hold you on to this prediction in a couple of years' time. <laughs> and um, another question I want to ask you is, what's one view you seem to find very few people agree on? Um, what's one view I find people agree on? I will bring it down home. The uniqueness of Nigeria. You know, the uniqueness of Nigeria. And I just have that maybe epiphany some few weeks ago when I was out of the country. So we think we should divide as a nation because we think we are entirely different. That's what a lot of people think. But in my own view, I think we're just the same. We're just an entity cluster interrelated organization of good citizens in Nigeria looking to make a living and solve problems. That's what we're looking for. So very yeah. few people agree on, agree on it. Yeah. And that's why you're seeing all those fractional agitations. Yoruba wants to have their own nation, Igbo nation, Hausa nation. But really and truly, we're all the same. Yeah. I like <laughs> the perspective. I think we need to, you know, find the strength in our diversity. What yes, that's about? what I mean. Yeah. When, when we are abroad, nobody knows that you're Hausa, Igbo, Ibibi, or Efit. Yeah. It's just Nigeria. So that's yeah. why I know that, you know, we're one, that uniqueness, a lot of people don't agree on it, but that's what it is. Yeah. Okay, so we have one question that our, our last interview raised, and I'm going to ask you that question to see if we will get a response from you. How many years would it take from now for Nigeria to be among the top 10 economies in the world? That is a champagne question. That is a champagne question. And I will give you the answer, but I will it on three principles. Number one is, when you look at economy, you diversify it on the macro and micro variables that is driving the economic situation of the country. It means that governance and policies that actually helps to elevate that micro and macro variables must actually be working or be in place. It means that foreign direct investment, foreign direct portfolio, internally generated revenue must be in place to ensure that. And because we're a consumeric organization of people, consumerism is very high in Nigeria. Despite the GDP, GDP that we're mentioning, we, start, we still cannot feed ourselves in the nation. Mm. I'd say conservatively 25 years. Conservative mm. 25 mm. years. And because I think, I mean, you need to sort out power. And if you've not sorted out power in 16, 20 years, it's not going to just happen overnight. But the sun has always been here anyway. So the sun can help us accelerate how we get to the first time. Because... When you're saying the first 10 economy, you've put in EU that has 27 countries, you've put in the United States, Canada, and then you put in the, the big boys in Asia. 
yeah. as well, who yeah. have actually started. If you have not actually started the journey and you've not laid the foundation of nation building, put the principles of effective governance, justice, and hard work, and education in place, it might take us a while to get there. Mm. But I think 25 years, Nigeria will get there. Uh, some of us will be octogenarians at that point. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for that succinct response. Uh, finally, for me, what one perspective or one question would you like to have our next uh, interviewee answer? Oh, one next perspective. So, for me, is how do you raise a millennial? generation in crisis mode that is one question it keeps me up by night and you know why i was disturbed depressed about something i read in the news where some guys believe that they can use human body to make money mm. and these are millennials and if we've gone so south that we don't even have any modicum of understanding of how education can help solve poverty and, and help elevate, you know, people's standard of living. And we've gone through south to that level. How do we now solve this problem? So I think that's the question I really want the next person to ask, to answer. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Femi, for, for your time. It's been really insightful. And I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you. Same here. We'll be looking forward to uh, collaborating with you at the NGX to be able to achieve some of these uh, goals that you set for yourself for, from an emerging technology point of view. We're here and we'll monitor your space. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. much. Thank you very and, uh, much. I believe in partnership. We'll be, we'll be in touch with you. Thank you very much. Thanks for the partnership. Mm -hmm.